Policies of Exclusion, Poverty, and Health, Stories from the Front, compiled with introduction and reports by Crystal Ocean. Copyright 2005, Wise Group. Episode 6 Stories Elysia Method Interview I've always said, when I get out of this, I will advocate for struggling women, because the system stinks. When I read the goals of this project, I thought, I can have my voice heard. I can work with other women who want to see the same changes happen, to give women their strength and their dignity back. My parents divorced when I was quite young. I was raised in a very strict home with my mother and my sisters, in an environment where I wasn't really allowed to be a child or a human being. Before I was my son's age, I was responsible for running the house. There was no social activity, no dating, no phone, no friends, no nothing. There was school and home. After my mother started hitting me, I needed to leave. My father was willing to have me live with him and his wife. I did, and it was a life-changing experience. I got the polar opposite of what I was raised with. They gave me freedom, compassion, understanding, love, and respect. I was so overwhelmed by it that I decided to take the world on at the ripe old age of fifteen and left home. Unfortunately, I was very naive and the world to me was just mine to explore. I worked as a waitress. I finished school at night. I had an apartment with another girl. I found my feet, and I started walking, and that's all I did for quite a few years. I was free to live day to day and make choices for myself and do what I wanted to do, and enjoy and smile and have friends. Because I was free, I didn't think much about the future until I hit my early twenties. At that point, I fell into a career quite by accident. I was a chef, hugely successful in a man's world. I competed with very qualified men, mostly Europeans, who had studied and had all their certificates and attitudes. I had nothing, but was just really good at what I did. I had a real eye for what I was doing, and a real brain for the management aspect of it, so I excelled very quickly. I was very successful, and very dedicated. I worked 18 hours a day, 7 days a week. I made phenomenal money. I mean, compared to a man I didn't, but compared to an unskilled laborer who had no formal training, I did really well. I had no obligations other than myself. I saw myself having a prosperous future, marrying the man of my dreams, settling down into a yuppieish lifestyle, having 2.2 kids, and living happily ever after. By the time I was in my late twenties, I had burnt out. I ran away to Salt Spring Island to get away from my hectic, busy life. I then met the man of my dreams— who ended up being the man of my nightmares. From there, my life went down the toilet. 
While I was wealthy and able, I took very good care of myself. Part of that came from learning about food and enjoying good healthy things. I don't like craft dinner. I don't like processed food. When you have the time and the money, you eat well, you exercise, you have healthy social relationships. Your overall health is quite good. Today, when I look in the mirror, I can see just enough of who I used to be to keep me going the next day. That more or less sums it up. I don't look like myself. I've aged dramatically. I look tired. I am exhausted all the time. Not so much from my day-to-day life, which most people see as exhausting, but from the struggle to provide every day. It has become a day-in, day-out job. It's hard work being very poor. You get the children out the door for school. Hopefully, you've managed to find something healthy to put in their lunch box. Then you start worrying about dinner. I have two hours every day when all four children are in school. I run to the bread bank and I collect bottles if I have time and I cash them in. I do whatever I can. Even when we have our big payday, child tax credit or welfare day, I might end up at seven different stores to buy what's on sale, which takes a huge amount of time and energy. I spend more energy than I ever thought possible, either getting through the day or worrying about tomorrow. Whether it's food, or rent, or hydro, or you name it. Since my ex-husband stopped paying any child support, it's gone from bad to worse. He never paid a lot, but he always would pay something. He hasn't supported us for six months now, so we have just been living on social assistance and child tax credit. We eat more bread, pasta, and starch than we eat anything else. I've gained a lot of weight, my children have gained a lot of weight, and it's not healthy weight. I have this rash on my arms and across my back that I've had for many years and which gets worse year by year. It's stress-related. No medication has been successful so far, although we have spent a fortune trying. The last prescription I got from a doctor was for an antiviral medication. Of all the things that have happened to me being poor, this blew my mind the most. The doctor said, quote, I don't know if your pharmacare will cover this, and it's very expensive, so let me know if they don't, unquote. I took it to the pharmacy and asked, would they cover it? Yes, they would. I went to pick up the prescription, and I had this little bottle of 60 pills, $192. That was to last me for one month. I'll be on this medication for at least six months to see if it helps. That's $1,200. They're willing to spend $200 a month on a drug. I would far sooner see that $200 in my cupboard and my fridge. It would go a lot further. Consequently, if we weren't so poor, I wouldn't be so stressed. If I wasn't so stressed and had better nutrition, I wouldn't have this rash to begin with. Genetically, I come from a long line of people with bad teeth, and it's been a struggle to keep my teeth healthy. A lot of the reason they stayed healthy was because of proper dental care.
After the spring 2002 budget, adults no longer have any dental coverage. The only thing you can have done is have a tooth pulled. Since these cutbacks, my mouth has deteriorated rapidly. In a life where it's hard enough to find a reason to smile, I'm embarrassed to smile. My emotional health is very shaky. For the last four years, I've been taking medication for depression. I have a GP. She's okay, but she's not my idea of a dream doctor. She was all that was available. People look at my life and they assume it must be just so overwhelming because I'm a single parent with four children and one of them has special needs. I'm so used to my life, I rarely sit and think, oh my god, I'm so overwhelmed by having all these children and no help and no relief and no break. Once in a while, sure, but for the most part, our day to day life is wonderful. We're a close family, we have each other. So I've said over and over and over again to doctors, to people in human resources, to whomever, that's not my stress. I've always been happy, good natured. I can always see the sunshine. I've lived through hell and come out. I know I'm strong enough to do it. I'm not depressed. I'm exhausted. And I'm exhausted because I'm poor, because the thought of waking up and trying to live through another day the way we have been is overwhelming. It really upsets me that it's easier for them to say, Oh, you're depressed. Here, take this pill. Same thing with the cost of this medication. If they would spend even a fraction of that sending me to the natural health place, I could detoxify and improve my health with nutrition and herbal supplementation in a heartbeat. I don't believe in taking all this shit that is being pumped into my body, and I've said that to my doctor so many times, and it's like, you're just not hearing me, are you? I don't want any of this. I feel like a walking medicine cabinet. Then, when we change the antidepressant, I'll say, I don't think this stuff is working anymore. I'm bottoming out way too often. Well, then, the response is, it's time to switch to something else. Couple of months later, I'm back. I don't think that this one's working either. I feel like I'm ready to jump off a bridge, and as far as I know about antidepressants, you're not supposed to feel that way when you're on them. In a project like this, how many women are not depressed, but so tired, and I don't mean sick and tired, I mean literally almost exhausted to death and hopeless to death from trying to struggle through one more day? If you're on assistance, your reality is that you live for one day a month. I have days, and I don't consider myself suicidal, that if I didn't have these children who are counting on me to be their mom, and if I didn't have an ex husband, that the thought of him ever getting custody of my children would kill me, I would probably have ended my life long ago. There's a point where you just can't keep doing it. It costs too much to live, and it costs too much to your children to live this way. I tried living in cheap housing for many years. 
The irony of that is you have to keep moving because your house gets flooded with sewage, or people shoot pellets at the kids, or hypodermic needles come up the drain, or cockroaches crawl over your children when they're sleeping, or mold grows and makes them sick. You have to move a lot because you can only take so much. At the same time, human resources is telling you, you're moving around too much. You're not providing a stable home for your children. If you don't stop this, we're going to take them away. After I moved here from Victoria, a worker who looked at my shelter cost said, no, that's not okay. I said to this woman, my children are happy. I have grown-ups I can talk to every day, which is healthy for me. My children have friends that are safe for them to have. There are no condoms or needles or any of the things that I need to check for when I open that door and let them go out to play, and you just can't put a price on that. She forced me to sign a document stating I would apply at a particular social housing, and if I did not, my funds would be in jeopardy. As much as you want to stand up and say, you have no right to tell me where I can and cannot live. The bottom line is, they're holding your check in their hand, and your kids are hungry. I'm in a very precarious situation. I can't work because there is no special needs daycare funding currently available. Therefore, I have to live under their thumb until the girls are in school. I buy as much as I can, as cheap as I can, as healthy as I can, when I get the big bulk of money. But inevitably, I kick myself for not having bought more macaroni and cheese instead of carrots. When we run out of money, I go to the food bank. They're very nice, and I'm glad that it's there. But there's maybe enough for three days, and most of it's not healthy. It's horrible in a way. You get your package, and you look in it, and there's pudding and cookies and candy. The way we eat does not promote our health or our vitality or our ability to perform well in any environment. Now we eat mostly carbohydrates, very little fresh fruit, very little fresh vegetables, very little protein. There was a time, not that long ago, where we had gotten to so to the end of what we had, we had nothing but rice and bread. I said, we're going to play Survivor this week. We're going to see who can last the longest just eating rice. You get a special prize at the end of the week if you can go the longest. Two things stand out in my mind which really hit home. Not just about poverty, but about the way people feel living in poverty. One was accidental, I think. There were bugs in the food we'd received from the food bank. The other really floored me. I'd asked if they had any children's toothpaste. I received a box and put it in the bathroom. My son opened the box and dumped the contents into his hand. Out fell an almost empty tube of adult toothpaste and a packet of straight-edged blades. The blades cut his hand quite badly. It was a sealed box of children's toothpaste. I see a very bright future for us. 
I have a tremendous amount of skill working with autistic children because I have one. I have gotten very close to certification. There was a workshop being offered locally that was not only another good learning opportunity for me, but also provided a way to network with people that I can contract my skills to out to when the girls go back to school. The price tag on this workshop is $200. I asked the ministry if they'd help. I have gotten myself certified on my own time, at my own expense, at no cost to them. I am that close to being employable in a field that will pay me very well, certainly enough to get out of the system. They didn't have the money. There was nothing they could or would do. I thought, oh my God, you just don't want to see me get out of this, do you? I will find ways around this, but that's the first step to getting where I need to be getting the last of the training that I need to go into a field where I can then work while the children are in school, without incurring daycare costs and things like that. Once I have these things under control, I don't see any problems for the future, a self-sufficient future, where I am not even working for other people, where I can work for myself.